When it's foggy in the pulpit, it's cloudy in the pews. How to coach employees with multiple projects, priorities, and duties. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join national presenter and consultant Rory Rowland as he discusses another aspect of powerful coaching and how it transforms people to improve your organization. Welcome to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Hi, Rory. Hey, Paul. It's great to be here. Thank you, my friend. I'm glad you're here with another discussion about how to bring people to their potential. And that's really what you focus on all the time, right? Absolutely. Look at their potential, not at performance right now. What can they be doing down the road? And how can we coach them to that vision you have for them? And I've asked you this many times, but you have done training and and speaking for 25 plus years. Yep. And uh, I'm feeling much older when we say it like that. (laughs) Well, a long time. (laughs) A long time. And you've done sales training, service training, probably computer training at some point. But you moved into um, focusing on coaching because you found that is what really affects the bottom line of an organization and growing people's potential. Absolutely. I've seen the biggest impact and the most profound impacts by using coaching for the entire management team. When you do that and the entire management team coaches effectively, guess what? You get higher performance from the organization. You see higher ROA. You see higher production. You see higher performance. And you also see more engaged employees. That's what we're after. And that's really what you're going to talk about today. Mm -hmm. Um, The idea of people, a busy employee, how to make Mm -hmm. sure they're on track. Right. Right. I just love the title. When it's foggy in the pulpit, it's cloudy in the pews. (laughs) (laughs) It is so true. Because what happens is most managers think, oh, my gosh, well, I've told them what they're supposed to do, or they know what they're supposed to be doing. Are they aware of this? And when you really get down to it, most employees, it's a little bit foggy in the pews Mm -hmm. or a little bit cloudy in the pews. So how do we get rid of that cloudiness? We've got to first off get rid of the fogginess in the pulpit, then the the clouds and pews will vanish. So I was working with the management team, and they had an employee that had multiple projects and priorities and duties and responsibilities. So how to get this person to do all of those? I'm going to cover the four areas that this person had to do from what I understood. And then, you know, really ask the question of the management team, does the employee understand that? But they've got basically four responsibilities. That team member needs to make outbound calls for new business. So they've got to go out and find new clients. They've also got to do site visits, uh, visiting sites where they have clients to making sure they're kind of, you know, hey, we're here. You want to use us? We need any, you need anything from us? A retaining business, that's calling consumers who haven't done business with them for a while. So retaining that business. And the fourth thing is onboarding folks. You've got to make sure that you're doing some of those calls to folks who are brand new with the organization. Hey, are we all on the same hymnal, same page? And bringing those folks together. So on this example, this is what the uh, leader or the, the coach said, I, I got to get this employee up to these standards. Right. Did you have to, were they, were they at the top of their mind what the standards <laughs> were, or did you have to really dive down to them? Yeah, they were not. And that's they were, a, that's so they a great were foggy question. too. Uh, that's, and that's exactly the point here. Yeah. That is exactly the point because when we got to it, when we started talking about it, if they couldn't explain to that employee what we want them to do on a daily or a weekly basis, then how's that employee know what they're going to hit, if they're hitting right. the target or not? So the first thing we had to actually talk about was what are the things you want them to do? And so obviously they had these four things, but the other side of the question is, okay, how many of these things do you want them to do? I mean, mm-hmm. there's only so many hours in the week, but you want them to do these four priorities. How many outbound calls do they need to make? How many site visits do they need to make? How many retained business calls do they need to make? How many onboarding calls do they need to make? Because then if you've got, you've got a sequence of those things, then you've got, okay, here's our target. That employee knows 
boy, I've got to hit seven of these. We're going to hit six of those. We're going to do two of these or whatever it is. You know, obviously site visits takes more time. You got to pack everything up. You've got to go out there. You've got to drive out there. You've got to visit with them. And then you got to come back. So obviously those take, you can't do as many site visits as mm-hmm. you can to outboarding calls, but we had them do that. And so I asked them that question, you know, how many of these do you want? And they really, we had to actually take a week and they said, we don't know. And I said, okay, let's stop. You take some time off. And it, they took a week and the management team kind of got together and said, okay, what do, what do we want? How many of these do we want? What are we looking for? What's the targets? Mm-hmm. So the, Somewhere along the way, this person was getting pushed back because they weren't reading, reaching their goals as well, right? right? So what were their major challenges that they had mm-hmm. to make sure the employee helped them reach their goals? So let me, let me ask you the question in a, in a bit of a different way. You're yeah. saying, how did the managers have to come to clarity so they could actually help the employee reach clarity? You clar- that's clarity that you just told my question. <laughs> well, we want to make sure we're, we're hitting clarity. Yes. And clarity is the key to communication. But, but that was the focus of this process is the challenge the management team had with regards to they weren't clear. They didn't know what they really, they go, well, they should be doing this, they should be doing this, they should be doing this. But if, if the person doesn't know what done looks like, mm-hmm. okay, it's like I'm going to do two loads of laundry. When you get those two loads of laundry done, and you fold them and you put them away, guess what? That's done. Okay, that project's done. That task is done. You can put it away. For this management team, they didn't have that kind of clarity for that employee. So I had to have them stop, take a look at themselves, regroup between themselves as a management team, because if they don't know as a management team, if it's foggy in the pulpit, there's going to be cloudy in the pews. Mm -hmm. And I said, the first thing you need to do is get clarity so that you can describe it to me. And then if you can describe it to me, then you can ask questions of that employee to get them to the point where they can resolve it. And it seems as though that makes so much sense. Mm-hmm. And what you're describing is not untypical. It is it happens all the time where a, a coach isn't clear about what the goal should be. I will guarantee you. It's more it, typical than not, right? I will guarantee you it'll, it'll happen hundreds of thousands of times this next week in America. Yes. There's no question. It'll happen hundreds of thousands of times where the management team and the employer are not on the same hymnal, same page because mm-hmm. the management team, it's foggy in the pulpit, it's cloudy in the pews. They have not set the trier. They have not said, these are the things we want you to do. Mm-hmm. So then they said, okay, how do we have that team meeting with that employee? Okay. They came back with their goals. And from those four areas, I said, you know, the outbound calls, the site visit, the retained business, the onboarding process. Okay, we got those four factors. They've set some goals for it. They've set a number of them. Now, how do we communicate those with the employees? And I, you know, as a good coach, I'd say, well, if you were that employee, how would you like to be approached? So they had to think for a minute. They go, well, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, we'll pause, take a thought. What would you do if you... Do you plan to go out there and tell this employee, here's their four responsibilities, you need to get doing it? And they said, that's probably not a good coaching process. I said, absolutely. All right. They were paying attention. (laughs) They were paying attention. Thanks for listening to the podcast, too. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So then I said, okay, what questions would you ask this person? And they thought about it for a minute. They go, hmm, uh, how about if we ask this person, what is your perception of your priorities? which is my favorite question. You've heard this before. What is your perception of my expectations of you? That's really the first question to come out there. And so when they did that, they're going to go out there and now they're in the process of going to make that. I should do a follow-up and say, this is how it worked, but they're going to go out there and ask this person of the goals that you have to do that we've talked about in the past. What are your four most important priorities? Because they wanted this to be the four most important priorities for this individual. Mm -hmm. So you ask this person, what's your big priorities? 
What's the most important priorities? And then once you have them outline it, they said, well, what if they don't mention all of them? Okay. Then let's say they just mention the top three, making outbound calls, site visits, retained business, but they don't do onboarding. Then ask them, is there anything else? Would you start with an, with a team member with just basically a, a white page? What do you think your goals are? Or would you say, based on outbound calls, what should your goal be? What's right. the best way to do that? Open or more focused? It all depends on that employee. That's a great question because it all depends on the awareness of that employee. You know, a brand new employee, you're going to kind of have to give them, here's four things you want to do. And then where are we at? With an employee who's been there a while and this employee has, then you can certainly ask that employee, you know, how do we approach this? What do we do? What Mm -hmm. do you think? And so what are your, so with this employee, what they finally ultimately came up with, what are your four top priorities? Because this is a more tenured person. Right. Who, who's done this job for right. a while. Okay. They know the drill. They They're not teaching this person how to go out and do an outbounding fo- phone call. Mm-hmm. They're not teaching this person how to retain business. This person knows all of those skills. So really what they're trying to do is now let's get them to the ultimate performance level, peak performance. They're, they're moving up the scale, but management team's not as happy with where they're at. The employee may not be as happy where they're at. So then you have to also work on that process. Another thing that was another category that they had to deal with was this employee also has to fill in for other folks when they're gone or done, you know, out of the office or on vacation, things like that. So you have to look at, okay, the schedule of everybody in the organization in their particular branch, who's missing, who's there, when are, these, when are good days to do this, when are days, good days not mm-hmm. to do this, so that they can make that process work more effectively. And so you've got to, you know, keep all those balls in the air and juggle it. But with this person, it was, it was most important to say, what are your four most important priorities? How do you rank them? And then from those, how many of these calls can you do uh, per week? How many new outbound calls can you make? How many site visits can you make? How many retained business calls can you make? How many onboarding calls can you make? And I said, you clearly as a management team have an idea of what you want as a target, but it isn't more powerful and profound if that employee actually says, these are the things that I want to do. And mm-hmm. then, then the surprise is, guess what? If they say they can do more than what you're asking for, mm-hmm. then you're, it's bonus. You know, this, this sounds like, an, and I know you keep your 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 uh, information confidential, but this sounds very similar to a sales environment right. of getting new sales. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen a lot of employees or team members say, well, I got my sales number. Right. How, how do you transition? Yes, you do, but you can reach your potential more when you do these like sub goals. Mm-hmm. I actually had this question probably a week ago with a group. And this is a great question. They had employees who would sometimes hit their goal at the 20th of the month. And then what they would do is called sandbagging. Yeah. They would get sales lined up, but they wouldn't complete the sale or the the customer wouldn't want the sale. And so then they could put it on the first of the business for the Mm -hmm. next month. And then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's much easier to hit their goals then. Yeah. So they were, they were doing some great sandbagging. So we asked the management team, well, how much, you know, of these folks, guess what? These are also the folks that are probably the most money motivated in that organization. All right. You know, they're money motivated. That's the priority with them. All right. Let's do a calculation. How much money are they losing by sandbagging? What's that process doing? And what they discovered is between 5000 to $10,000 of additional income a year for those salespeople mm. for sandbagging. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then what you do is actually calculate how much that's going to cost. So it costs between five or ten thousand dollars. 
Now you take it back to them and you basically have them do the math. You could sh- you could say, I think you're losing between five or $10,000. They might go, eh, no mm-hmm. big deal. If you have the employee do it, say, okay, how many of these could, you know, you do this in 20 days. You've got 10 days of the month that you're, you know, typically not hitting that goal. What are we going to do? And then so you step back and you say, okay, if you had this particular, if you took the 20 days, divided it by two, and that last of the month, you know, you're making typically, and then it's $500 or $1,000 a month more. If you could do that on top of what you're doing right now, you're basically talking about five or $10,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Then if you could, and I love to do this, I love to, what's called sell of the dream. <laughs> if I could give you 50 $100 bills right now, and I would just peel them off one out, no, yeah. And you can almost feel that clean, crisp $100 mm-hmm. bill in, the, in your pocket. Let's make a hand. deal. Let's make a deal. Get it Monty Hall. <laughs> Monty Hall. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is aging both of us right there. <laughs> but you get that money, put it right. What would you do with an additional $5,000? What would you do with additional $10,000? Mm-hmm. Let's say I had 100 $100 bills in my hands. I was mm-hmm. actually going to give you $10,000 right now. What would you do with that? Everybody I've ever talked to, they pause but they all come up with something. I'm going to pay off a bill. I'm going to pay off my student loan. I would go to Tahiti. I would go on vacation mm-hmm. to Europe. I'd want to see the Eiffel Tower. Great. Now, how can we make that happen? Let's work through that process. What would you need to do in order to get to stand right mm-hmm. underneath the Eiffel Tower and take a selfie with your special friend, that special loved one in your life? Mm-hmm. What would you need to do? And then all of a sudden, it's amazing yeah. how they start to think about that and process that. So that's a great question that you followed well, up right, right and, there. And, and it's more than just, I reached my goals. Right. It, it is a real personal goal. Mm-hmm. But it, it does show that people really do reach the goals that you tell them to reach. That's why they were sandbagging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's why a leader needs to go through these more detailed things to reach their potential. Right. You want to go through the goals in order to make sure they're going to their full potential. Mm-hmm. But also the other side of the coin is you need to ask those those employees that are really, that are sandbagging, that, you know, they're hitting the goals the organization wants. You know, are we willing to set higher goals for them? Right. Even though that is higher than what the entire organization yeah. is. Because yeah. people grow, grow and progress. And what happens is it was a two-pronged approach to that, that focus is, one, the employee was sandbagging, but the management team also didn't move the goals up. Mm-hmm. Had they right. moved the goals up, they would have forced yeah, that employee to, exactly, and that employee could have done it because they could have had the conversation then. All right, let's say you're going to talk about raising the goal of the employee. All right, you're doing 20 of these a month, and you're getting them done by the 20th. Clearly, we've got 10 days of the month that mm-hmm. you could do additional work. What would it take to get there? What money are you losing? What money are you leaving on the table? But the other side of the coin is, too, do you want to be a person who just achieves your goals? Or do you want to be a person that the CEO right. says, this is a superstar. Yeah. This is a rock star. What legacy do you want to leave mm-hmm. as a salesperson in the organization? So I think that's a great question to ask people is what legacy do you want to leave? But also, when you're applying for a job down the road, do you want to be a person who just attained your goals or you consistently exceeded your goals? If you're looking for a job and you're going to get hired by an organization that's going to pay you more money, guess what? Is that sales manager going to be more impressed by a sales manager, a salesperson who just hit their goals, or are they going to be more impressed by a company who, or a person who's exceeded their goals? That's also a great question to ask yourself when you're talking about promoting yourself or getting another job down the road. So to set 
as they go through here and they actually set the goals with the mm-hmm. team member, mm-hmm. I'm assuming they just put on a memo and put it in their desk, right? <laughs> <laughs> See, I know the answer to this, folks. That's why I'm trying to be sarcastic about it. <laughs> we hope they don't do that. And so that's, how, and that, but that's a great follow-up question there, too. I love that question. Yeah. I'm so glad you talked about that because I would have missed that. That was the other thing we talked about is, okay, how often are you going to meet with this person mm-hmm. to follow up? Because if you're not following up, then guess what? They're going to fall off the wagon. You know, it's like people who go to AA. They've got to consistently go to AA or it's easy to fall off the wagon. But they have to have that conversation. Okay, this is our goals. This is our goals. Right. What can I do to help you? And then can you reach these goals? Right. Yep. yep. Can you reach them? And then once you've got them established, how are you doing with regards to the progress of those goals? What's your pipeline? You know, what's in there available to come in and get more folks signed up and ready to go? So that's really the process. And they've got to follow up. But I'm so glad that you did that. And they agreed to follow up one hour, basically, with that employee per week in order to make sure they continue to consistently set the goals and follow up on them. How, how should a coach communicate that they have ownership in the goals as well? Hmm. That's a great question because, you know, you want to make sure that when the employee says, this is our goal, how can I help you achieve this goal? Mm-hmm. I, I want to make sure that you achieve success. I will tell you in coaching folks, that's such an important question. When you're coaching people, they need to know that you want to see them be successful, mm-hmm. that your goal is that you're going to be successful. You've heard me t- say this before on the, the podcast with regards to my best boss book. And I asked a guy, I said, who's the best boss you ever had? And he said, my best boss was more interested in promoting me than promoting himself. You've got to have that goal for your, for your team members. I want to see you successful. I want to see you succeed. I want to see you go forward. And I might have said this in last week's podcast. I don't know if I did, but if I hadn't, it would be a great loss. And if I did, it's worth repeating. So here we go. That was just the setup for here we go. <laughs> but I was speaking at a conference, and it was a collector's conference. And a woman raised her hand, and she said, I want to tell you about a collection story. And she had a a consumer who was behind and it took them 18 months to get this consumer current. And then the consumer got current and she had said to him early on, I want you to be my success story. Mm. And when he called her back 18 months later, he goes, Oh, by the way, here's your success story. And she had actually forgotten about it, but he didn't. And she goes, I am so proud of you with your regards and how you accomplished this goal. Mm -hmm. The point being, and goes back to the question you ask, how do you make it an us kind of thing? If employees know you want to see them be successful, not necessarily because you're hitting the goals as an organization, but you want to see them succeed as mm-hmm. an individual, that you want to leave them better than you found them, that that, that that basis of that trust and that relationship is that your focus on them being successful, not you just wanting to hit the goals so that you look good to your boss. One one question comes to mind, and I know um, I, I feel like I'm asking too many questions. This I, but I this, love it. But I, love I, it. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. A lot of times a uh, coach will say, well, this person's not hitting their goals, but this person is. Mm-hmm. But really, the goals aren't outlined for anyone. They just think that this person's other person is <laughs> better than the first person. So, so how, do you, how do you make sure that you're not comparing that? Well, you're I, not comparing... Um, the quarterback of high school with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. You want to make sure that you're comparing peers with likewise experience, the same kind of skill sets and the mm-hmm. same. 
somebody who's a brand new salesperson, been there six months, is not going to perform like somebody who's five right. years. Right. However, if the person is five years, has performed the same level as the person in there six months, then something's gone wrong. You haven't coached or you've allowed that behavior to happen. Culture is, I love this definition of culture. Culture is the, the least behavioral you'll accept. So if you interesting, ex- so wow. if, say that again. That's culture profound. Is the least behavior you'll accept. <laughs> so if you'll accept that five-year person to perform at a person who should be at six months, that is not their fault. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is your fault as a leader that you've allowed that to happen. So we need to make sure that we step back and we are in fact looking at people that can they in fact do it? Just like raising children, you know. Every child, when you've got children at multiple levels and whenever you have multiple kids, my wife and I had four, I know you had two, your kids were at different stages. So yes. the five-year-old can't do what a 10-year-old can do, even though the five-year-old will try. Right. And they will really just stretch themselves to their limits to try to do what a 10-year-old can do. But we know deep down inside they can't, mm-hmm. and it's okay to, re- to relax. But when they do become a 10-year-old, we want them to be able to do those functions. But now that 10-year-old is now 15, and that, per, you know, that still, they've got that five-year gap between the two of them. But you want to make sure that you're looking at how they're progressing. How so, they're reaching their potential. Right. You want to make sure, because each person will have their own potential. A five-year-old and a 10-year-old can have a different potential, different mm-hmm. process, different goals that they can establish. And it's almost like an, for my wife and I, our youngest son, JP, has Down syndrome. So when he was in school, he had an individual education plan, an IEP. You, need to, you really need to do that with every one of your employees. Yes. What's your individual performance plan for each, mm-hmm. each employee? What are your key performance indicators that you want to measure for those folks? And you've got to look at those. And you've got to ask yourself the question, am I being fair to both of these folks? And am I looking at them in regards to being a process that works for everybody? And so I just think that was a great follow-up question there. I just I love that. Excellent. How do you, how do you handle people at different skill levels, different processes and you've got to look at that and kind of step back and am i being fair so clear the fog in the pulpit and it becomes sunny in the pews exactly when it's foggy in the pulpit it's cloudy in the pews but we're going to get rid of the fog so it's sunny all the time (laughs) (laughs) it's sunny all the time i love it now uh if people want to follow up Mm -hmm. with you right to gain more information or just learn some more skills how Mm -hmm. do they do that well, there's two ways to do that. We've got uh, RoyRoland.com. That's R-O-R-Y-R-O-W-L-A-N-D.com. We've also got Coaching Manager University, and that's CoachingManager.University rather than CoachingManager.com. It's CoachingManager.University. And what we have there is a 52-module program that they can do online learning to actually take their skill sets much further than what they can do here through the podcast. It's a great program for companies to help their managers become great leaders. And I mentioned Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Any, right. <laughs> anything you want to say about that? He is remarkable. Yeah. I mean, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks in my day. He is remarkable. Right. And he's one of those rare quarterbacks, one of those rare people that the more I get to know him, to know him and the more I watch him play and the more I watch you know, film and all of this other stuff, he gets better. I don't know what his potential is, but it is really high. Just for everyone listening mm-hmm. nationwide, we we just support our team, so right. don't get too mad at us. Okay, We're, we're just Chiefs fans. Just we, Chiefs. we can still be friends. Right. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you, Paul. Thanks for listening to Coaching for Potential with Rory Rowland. Join us next time for another discussion about the power of coaching. This has been a KCTK production.
produced by Paul Lavoda and Rory Rowland. For more information and content, visit RoryRowland.com.